This episode is sponsored by our friends at SongTrust. SongTrust is the world's largest technology solution for global music publishing, royalty collection, and administration. It was founded to simplify music rights management and to remove complexity from the publishing landscape. SongTrust collects publishing royalties for more than 2 million songs with a community of more than 300,000 songwriters and rights holders. Use promo code PUBCAST20 and sign up for 20% off your SongTrust registration. Hey everyone, Tim with the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. We are beginning our series of ultra special mashup episodes where we ask each of our guests the same questions and then we share with you the best ones. In this episode, we ask our guests their go-to story. We all have them, we all share them at those parties. And first up, we talk with my friend, Tracy Hackney of Music Row Wealth Management. Uh, you know, when you go to parties, you hang out, everybody's got a go-to story they like to tell. And I always remind people, my little preamble is, this is recorded and it will be out there. So be sure you share something you're okay people hearing about, because we all got those stories that we probably aren't going to make public. <laughs> is this the story? It's not a story about myself necessarily. It's just it one that I, well, I tell. I tell either, either. Going back to, our, uh, I tell the, what I call the bass boat story, which is, you know, usually it's in a creative community and, you know, we're talking money because they know I'm the money guy. And I, I just, I love telling the story of multiple people that I've run into who have gotten that first hit and literally blown half of it on a brand new bass boat and truck, you know, <laughs> or the latest was in maybe two or three years ago was land. It, it all, all, all of a sudden it was, I'm buying a farm and, you know, without a lot of thought of, Hmm. What about how do we pay for the upkeep and the maintenance and all this? And, um, I, I like telling that story because I hope it prevents, uh, folks from making that same sort of mistake, which we see a lot of. I had a, I won't say who it was. It was a, a major producer and, uh, we were just hanging out having a beers one day. And he mentioned he had one of those really fancy houses off uh, Franklin road down here. And, and it was an, I was young buck in the business at the time. And, and he, I don't remember how it came up, but he just looked at me, he goes, Hey man, you know how much it cost me to live in that house? And he goes, this ain't the mortgage or any of that. He goes, I spent 200 grand just to be in there. You know, he's talking taxes and landscaping. And that's where it re the, that whole maintenance thing came into play for me of like, yeah, not only do you want the big house, but then you have to live in it, maintain right. it and keep it. And as we know, that's, when you elevate your lifestyle, the lifestyle doesn't get cheaper. And uh, that's something mm -hmm. important to keep up with. But in your world, as you know, uh, that is definitely the pitfall. Because if you don't think through some of those, <laughs> right. uh, particularly those that require maintenance, lands, uh, I'm going to buy a farm. Like, I've, uh, yes, I remember a hit songwriter I worked with said, I'm buying some some cattle and I'm building a thing. I'm like, dude, he, he actually, I think, made money off of it, but he ended up Good. selling it all. He realized, oh, my God, this is a way lots more work than I thought. What's yeah, all of a sudden he's not writing songs, which yeah, that's he's managing a farm. <laughs> yeah, a far he's a farmer. Okay, well that's cool. I mean, absolutely, unless songwriting's your your dream, you know. <laughs> yeah. And next up, we have Alex Klein, hit songwriter and producer. You may like chicken, but I'll guarantee you don't like playing in a chicken factory. Wait till you hear this story. 
Okay, here, here's one. This is just an anecdotal story. So back, so back after I left the Luna Bells, uh, I started playing guitar with Aaron Underlin, and a lot of our gigs were <laughs> were cheaper, weirder. I mean, the I mean, the best is that the worse the gig, the better the story. And so we had a lot of those gigs for a while where we were traveling around the country, and one of them was in a old renovated chicken factory like a chicken processing factory <laughs> and it was about 45 minutes outside of town but it might as well have been on like mars it was an entirely different planet and i think we played for about like you know five people in the audience but uh we got there early and we were like okay should we text somebody and let them know where we are because we might not make it out of this <laughs> alive and we were just sitting around i remember waiting for the gig to start and some guy named daryl was uh was telling us about his uh his mother um being on her deathbed or something years ago and how her last request for her last meal request was uh was possum and I <laughs> responded and I, as a girl from Northern California, I've definitely never had possum before. And so I asked him like, oh, you can eat possum. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. You can, uh, you can eat anything that you can fry up. I mean, it's a little greasy, but it's good. And so, <laughs> and all and then later that night, they, uh, they had some sort of slow cooker of meat that they were feeding us. And we were just like, is this, is this possum? Like what? And so <laughs> we did not eat the meat, but anyways, I, I hope that's, <laughs> I hope that's, that's enough a good to make you a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I might've been after that. So yeah. <laughs> I dated a girl from Kentucky and her family ate a squirrel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> I did try it. Not good. Not yeah. good. Don't I, recommend I think, squirrel. Yeah, I'm sure it's free range and all organic and stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass on that. So. <laughs> and now we have my friend Ken Earls with his new company, Verse 2 Music, and his alter ego, Leroy the Redneck Ranger. This is a fun one. I always like to tell people. It's got to be something you're willing to share publicly, but we all have go-to stories. You got a fun story that you share that you'd be willing to share with the uh, old AIMP Nashville Pubcast? Uh, yeah. Um, I like to tell people, and I'll keep it PG. Um, uh, this story is PG, There's, uh, but I got a lot <laughs> of stories that, that are not PG. But... Uh, one of the best, one of the biggest memories is when I first started um, at API. Um, this goes back to do whatever your bosses ask you to do. You never know where you'll end up. And so um, API, they managed and, and produced and published uh, Joe Diffie. And, uh, and Joe Diffie, had, uh, we had just recorded a, a Christmas album with him. And, uh, um, he had recorded a song called Leroy, the redneck reindeer, and they needed someone to be Leroy. And I stood up and said, I'll be Leroy. And so they, they made this costume that I had to wear. And I stood out on music row as Leroy, the redneck reindeer. Well, it took off a little bit. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's not like today viral hits or whatever, but it took off enough that, uh, the Opry booked Leroy, uh, the redneck reindeer. I was able to go on their Christmas show and w I had my own dressing room as Leroy and, uh, went out and, uh, I believe 
Faith Hill was on that show. Garth Brooks was on that show. Uh, Joe Diffie was on that show. And, and, you know, there's pictures and videos of me dancing like a fool, uh, in that, uh, outfit, but it was, it was amazing. Actually, I, I, I hired my brother as my roadie. He carried the head around when I got too hot and he, uh, uh, he, uh, uh, he, you know, that's still a good story to today. Um, that, uh, uh, we always tell at family functions. Dude, I think you win. I've heard some people have shared stories, but I don't remember this. I know that was around during this time, but yes, you were viral before viral was a thing. That's that right. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. And lastly, we have John Osher with Reservoir Media with his best story. Is there a story you would like to share with those uh, listeners out there today? Ooh, that's a tough one. I will say pr probably my favorite memory being in the music business is the first time I heard a song that I wrote on the radio. It's a, a lot of people don't know. I've had two number ones as a songwriter. Um, I don't talk about it very much, but there was a day I was driving to East Tennessee to go on a songwriting retreat when I was still at Curb and my wife called and she said, John, you got to turn it to 97.9 WSIX. I said, why? She said, Lee Bryce is on the radio. I said, Lee Bryce is always on the radio. What's the big deal? She said, just turn the station. So I turned it to 98. And sure enough, Hard to Love was on the radio for the first time. And it was the first time I'd ever heard a song that I'd written be played on the radio. And I kind of got choked up and told my wife, I think I'm going to have to call you back. And I turned that thing up as loud as it would go. Then I looked and I looked how fast I was going. I was doing about 90 miles an hour down I-40. <laughs> and it's what you live for. And now as a publisher, you know, watching our young writers go through that and experience that success. It's something you, it's not like anything else. I mean, in this business, we all have our dreams, our aspirations of what and why we do this. And hearing a song that you wrote, when you take your emotions and feelings and in a complete vulnerable state and put it out to the world and then have millions and millions of people hear it, it's, uh, it never gets old. <laughs> and I've uh, had I'm glad some writers who've had a lot more hits than me ask them about that. And I said, does it ever get old? And they said, it never gets old. <laughs> see, I'm glad you brought up. See, I know, John, I, I did know you, you also have hit songwriter attached to your many lists of, of titles, but I'm always cautious to bring that one up because I realize you, you focus on being a publisher and, and uh, put that first and foremost. But that's a great story. I, one that most publishers don't have because I was never a songwriter. So I won't know that feeling. I can't say that I won't write a song someday but it's not my uh, my goal anyway but man congrats on that that's that's a that's a great story hey thanks for listening to the aimp nashville pubcast we hope you subscribe in your favorite podcast platform and follow us at aimp nashville to stay up to date and informed in the world of music publishing and songwriting the AIMP Nashville Pubcast is created by executive producers Del Bobo and yours truly, Tim Hunzey, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks again for listening and supporting the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. Yeah.